Welcome back to the AHG Way podcast, seller series. We are rolling. We're almost done. We have three more episodes left. That's or four. Really? Or four. Or yeah. two. It just Whatever depends it takes. on how, yeah, how, yeah. Long, how long you guys handle this. This is episode number six. <laughs> and uh, we've it's talked about open houses recently. Is that what he's saying? Yeah. Have you guys had any open house experiences lately you want to share? We've Bad had. or good? Last time we talked about the risks, which we think are minimal. Yeah. We talked about the benefits, mm-hmm. which we think are pretty extensive. Yeah, there's a lot more open houses happening right now. Yep. Obviously, we're seeing a little more inventory uh, staying on the market a little longer. And so yeah. I think buyers are getting out and checking out some of these houses. And I think we ran nine open houses last uh, yeah. last weekend through our team. So yep. and, they're, and they're Memorial Day up. made that was... Yeah. I know we're not supposed to date these podcasts, but that was Memorial Day. They could have been busier than they were. Yeah. And the weather was amazing over Memorial Day weekend here. <laughs> a lot of rain. I hear. I was going. It was yeah. horrible. Yeah. Was... But that's what we needed, though, right? Yep. We needed it. Yep. Yeah. That's good. Good rain. Yes, sir. Sirs. So let's talk this time about what do we want to do first? Let's go negotiations. Okay. We talked about oh. that when we did buyer offers. So now we're flipping the coin. Mm-hmm. We represent sellers, and obviously, you know, you talked about dating the podcast a little bit. We still want to talk about some market metrics because that, sure, that that always maybe not exact numbers because that's not really relevant nationwide. But for our area here, we've doubled in inventory in the last four months. Would you say? Well, two months. Two months. We've gone from maybe 125 listings to 250, 260 mm-hmm. ish. Yeah. yeah, we were about two earlier today. We we're at 255. Yeah. And we, we actually feel that's a good thing. If we saw if we saw inventory shoot up and sales shoot down, then that's a that's a causes a bit of a concern. Yeah. Sales are up though as well. So mm-hmm. inventory going up as long as sales are steady or going up is not a bad thing. In fact, it's a great thing because that's been the biggest buyer complaint for years, is mm-hmm. nothing to choose from. But now they're starting to have some things to choose from. Okay. And they had no time to think before. So yeah. maybe there's a little bit a little bit more time to think, which should yeah. help our should help our fail rate because we did yeah buyers were having to make decisions so quickly that remorse would set in mm-hmm. yeah and so our our fail rate was higher than it should have been given yeah. what the market was it was offer now decide later yeah now if you yeah. have a little time you can do that in the right order make, which is decide mm-hmm. and then offer yeah so well and let's face it not every buyer was equipped to compete the same way so we saw multiple buyers losing in multiple situations that, yeah. you know, maybe this, this inventory freeing up a little bit allows them to find a property that they can yeah. make a deal on. So that's the positive about. side of it. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. Know, the auction mentality has kind of gone in not all the price ranges. We're still seeing some of that in some of the, the ranges that we, that we monitor. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So when, when negotiations start, start to happen on a seller's, property they have you have a listing you've got it for sale it's been for sale for somewhere in the average days on market what's average right now for us average in the market right now is still about 20 days roughly that feels longer though than yeah doesn't it yeah but that is true yeah so it's it's around 20 days last year at this time it was 11 or 12 days yeah which was that's not healthy by any stretch, I guess if you're a seller, it's pretty darn fun. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. you know, it, it's not it's not healthy for a market to have that. So, yeah. but 20 days is still fast. I mean, we we spent years and years between 
100 and 120 days as an average days on market time. So yeah, that's right. we are still a long, we're a long ways from there, but yeah. compared to what we've had, it, it does, it, it feels a little bit different yeah. than what it did. Yeah. Okay, so let's say you've got an offer, you've got a house on the market that's been 15 days, it's been two weeks, haven't had any price drops yet, probably even starting to talk about one if it's still for sale, but still in that range that you know, you're not too concerned, an offer comes in. What are some things that you might look for generally on that offer? And remember that our audience for this is a seller. So we've really, we hit hard on buyers. You know, how, do, how does a buyer set up an offer? And I guess you know, the answers are gonna be fairly similar, but if you're, a, if you're a seller, what are some things that you wanna be aware of in offers that might come your way? Well, it's interesting if we're just going off the cuff and, and basically saying all sellers are created equal, um, then you're obviously, I would say the first thing you're going to look for is, well, one of the things is the price or whatever yep. they're offering. Yep. Right? What, what are they offering on the home? Um, how strong is the earnest money? You're, you're looking, hey, how serious is this buyer? Are they bringing um, mm-hmm. you know, some good yeah. earnest money? Are they serious about uh, getting this thing done? Or are they just trying to mitigate their risk as much as possible and throw $1,000 on there? Yeah. In fact, in our buyer series, we called it serious money, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Serious we called money. earnest money serious money. Yeah. So, I don't want to take them all. I mean, I can so offer I, price, and offer earnest price, money. earnest money. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, how much earnest money should you be looking for? I mean, what's it's a negotiable thing. Obviously, there's no there's no set number, but what's what's a good number? Man, what I recommend if I'm representing a buyer is I always recommend try to go at least one percent of whatever you're offering. That mm-hmm. that's a good number. It shows that. Hey, we're pretty serious. It gets you off of that one or two thousand dollars in earnest money that we see commonly. Um, five hundred bucks was the norm in this area for fifteen years. Five hundred a thousand. Yeah, yeah, but the houses were only fifty thousand too. So, <laughs> yeah, that was still close to one percent. Even when they got up to one twenty-five, we were still stuck on that five hundred on every 500, offer. Five hundred, five hundred, five hundred. Yep. Yeah. We saw it come out of that in the last two years for sure. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that was. You know, it's interesting enough, I was actually talking to one of the builders in the area and asked him if he was willing to, because of the, um, they're filling it in the market right now. And I asked him, hey, are you willing to take a contingent offer? Would you be willing to look at one? And um, his response to me was, well, how good is your earnest money? Hmm. And so for him, it was a matter of, hey, you can buy the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the way he looked at it. And if you want to buy the time and it's non-refundable earnest money, I'm more than that's, willing to let you do it. That's where you, that's so where that's that building went, though. non-refundable. Right. That's right. Because if you it's 50000 and you don't sell your house, the buyer still gets it back <laughs> unless yeah. you've written it in as non-refundable. So the builder's right. saying, with that, I want, we're both taking risk. If I'm going to take risk, you're going to take exactly. risk. Exactly. If you're not willing to take risk, why should I, why should I be confident? Yeah. Exactly. Which, that's the seller position. If if it's contingent and the buyer's not willing to risk any money, certainly the seller is risking money because of time on market if they come back on the market. Right. Yeah. So the other thing, I mean, if you're a seller, you're going to look at, um, you know, how much money are they getting in a loan? I mean, are they financing this thing? Is it a cash offer? What are the details of, you know, what they're having to go after and who's the lender in that situation? So, you know, if they're totally maxing out what they're asking for from a lender, that's that's a little bit of a red flag. It's not a huge red flag, mm-hmm. but it's something to be aware of. Yeah. Um, and then the lender makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah. That's so, a big deal. Yeah. Why is that a big deal? Confidence. It's it's just like earnest money is confidence when you're familiar with the lender and the lender has a 
great reputation. It's like any business. I mean, when you are doing business with reputable businesses that you are familiar with, it improves your confidence and just makes you feel better about it. And um, so it, well, it's just always about, important. Mean, you've, got, you've got the promise that is, is part of our business. Yeah. And one of our commitments is to get out in front of everything and stop the surprises and mm -hmm. make it as good as it's going to be, it yeah. can be. And if you have a, a lender that's a wild card, that's a variable that we may not have as much control. Well, regardless of who the lender is, it's a variable that we don't have a lot of control yeah. over. So we want to have as much control over that variable right. as we can and mitigate that, pretend, that potential, you know, that piece of it causing an issue right. for us or a surprise for everybody, meaning, you know, two days before closing and the, and the underwriter catches something that the processor should have caught that they didn't catch. Oh, well, what's this showing up on the credit report? Oh, I'm not sure how we missed that. Well, this, this guy can't buy this house. And then it blows oh, up. Well, the yeah. sellers just, just signed the docs and they're <laughs> headed to Tennessee. Well, I see the wild card, too. I want to be sure that we know what people mean. That a wild card to me may mean something different to you guys. But to me, the wild card is that lender that we have no familiarity yeah. with. So it's somebody that's moving here from somewhere, some unknown town in Arkansas, yep. and they're using their lender buddy in unknown town Arkansas for their loan up here. We have no idea. That's mm -hmm. a wild card. That's, you know, you're, you're shooting in the, in the dark because you have no idea what the historical performance of that lender well, is. Well, yeah, so then there's the opposite side of that where we have a track record with some and they're not so great. Right. <laughs> right? So <laughs> yeah. that is a wild card, but then you've got the opposite of that where we know and understand, hey, so, Man. so you're going to take a, <laughs> yeah. let's say you got a local lender with a, with a poor track record or a foreign lender, foreign <laughs> meaning out of state lender that you have no track record, which one are you going with? All, all else equal on the offer. Identical purchase Jeez. price, everything's the same. One lender you've never seen before, one has like a 60% close rate. Yeah. You know, a strength of buyer makes a difference. <laughs> yeah. If you have now, a, don't let them off the hook. Yeah, make them yeah. answer. Yeah. Look, I'm going to help you. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to default. Okay I'm going to default to the local guy. I, you know, yeah. it's just to me. It's I don't know. I just the local lenders in my experience have just had a little bit yeah. more credibility for me. Yeah, and that's probably but, a personal preference thing. But know. if you were so, selling a $400,000 house and it's this unknown lender and the buyer's putting 200,000 down, yeah. Now it's getting pretty hard for any lender to mess that. Yeah, up. yeah, exactly. True. So there are there are other variables. There are other yep. variables, but, but on yeah. the surface of the question, local local will trump out of town to the point every where time. you know some of these builders that have come into town, some of the larger builders, they're actually putting together. Um, I helped a buyer get into a house uh, in Shelley, and the builder who was Karchner, larger builder, they had actually networked with three local lenders, and they had a promotion for any buyer that if they used that local lender then they would give them credit towards closing costs and it was substantial it was mm. you know four thousand from the builder and then an additional wow. kick in from each of the local lenders yeah, that's a big deal and so i mean it, to them it was worth enough for them to have that you for know cash yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so all right so well, let's we don't have a lot of time left on this one did you have one another well, thought on that not on that but another vital term besides looking at everything of course we want to make sure as a seller, are they asking us to participate in any of the buyer closing costs and yep. concessions? We want to be sure to look at that and, and to look at inspection terms mm -hmm. to make sure that um, you, you, the buyer's in. And so it's, it's always okay to test whether the buyer's in, and which can take, without going into details, there's 
there's any of half dozen ways to, mm -hmm. to test, is the buyer in just like the seller's gonna be in? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's say, let's talk about multiple offer situation because there's still some of that going on, not, mm -hmm. as, not as severe as it was before, but let's walk our sellers through what some potential options they might have when they're looking at more than one offer on their house. You know, we, there's, there are different strategies in that case. There are multiple counter offers. There are pick one and negotiate with them. There's the uh, request for highest and best. Maybe walk us, walk us through those different options. Go for it. <laughs> Mike, why so, don't you do, well, why don't you do multiple counteroffer? What's a multiple counteroffer? So we haven't seen multiple counteroffers for some time. That's why and, I asked and you, because yeah, Chris like, and I have ever seen one of those. So. <laughs> I have a really bad experience with one, actually. So, so, so yeah, why don't you yeah. run through that well, real quick? So the multiple counteroffer is that you've got three counteroffers in front of you. Mm -hmm. And they're all pretty good offers. Okay. And so you like them all. And you say, okay, well, I'm going to counter each one of them. Now, the offers may not have been the same, and your counters to those may not be the oh, same. Okay. And so you are actually, as a seller, countering more than one offer. Mm -hmm. So you're countering two or three offers. Okay. And we have a disclosure of that that says, hey, so you know, we are making more than one counter. So just because you accept this offer doesn't mean you're going to get the house. Mm -hmm. And so if more than one buyer accepts the offer, so let's say you made three of them, yep. three counter offers, two of the buyers accept your counteroffer. The document also says that the seller now gets to pick which buyer they're going to go with. Exactly. And the clear risk as a seller of you doing that, which is probably not much different, um, psychologically a little different, um, you could make all three of those counteroffers Offers, and all, yeah, the counter oh, proposals, you're making yeah. the counter proposals yep. as I was describing, yep. and all three buyers say, Walk away. We don't See you play. later. Bye. We're not going to play this game. We'll go find another house. Yeah. So whenever you do that, there's that risk. Yep. Which okay. Is not so fun. I've experienced that. Scare everyone off. Yeah. 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 It wasn't fun. But man. usually it's a risk that people are willing to take because yep. the only alternative is to not tell other people that they're that they're competing against other buyers. You know, and I think that's an important point to make because as as the seller, it's your choice to decide whether or not your your agent is going to let the other buyer's agents know that there are other horses in the race. That's right. Because a lot of times we think that's just natural. If we have six offers, we're going to go tell all six agents that you're one of six, but that may backfire to them. So it needs to be the seller's decision. Yes, let's go let them know that they're competing. Right. And to be clear, the backfire is just exactly the same yeah. as what we described. You, you will. Is if you have 10 buyers, you're going to have one or two that are not, they did not come to compete. Yeah, they're not and the minute play. they find out that there's, that there's competition, they will back out. And it could even be that that you have an offer, somebody else is about to make an offer, that agent reaches out and says, hey, do you have any offers? And I say, yep, we do. Oh, well, they were about to write an offer, but since you've got an offer, they'll go over here and offer on the other house. Yeah. So because I disclosed that, the buyer goes Scared away because they had plan B. Mm -hmm. yeah. And today there's more houses on the market, so the risk right. of that is higher. So it ends up so that's a discussion yeah. that you definitely now, most, as a seller. Having said that, most sellers have, anytime I've given the seller that choice, which is all the time, whenever there's multiple, they always say, you know what, let's take that risk. But at least we let them know, um, you know, because yeah. then it, when, when a buyer does walk away and says, we're not going to compete, then it was their choice to do that. But I think it's still worth the risk because more often than not, 
what that does is drive a higher price. It's the it's the scarcity mindset. It's the auction. Yeah. It's the auction environment, and it's the oh shoot. Yeah. Well, then let's let's come forward with our very best offer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it may not be the highest offer in terms of dollars, but it's the offer that provides the greatest security. Because I've yeah. watched owners take lower offers because they just felt good about yeah. the setup. They liked the earnest money. did that money. just two weeks ago. They we like, sold one for yeah, four grand less. Yeah, they like the lender. They like yep. the timing. They like the earnest money. They like the down payment. There was a lot of different factors. They sit down and say, well, you know, I want to be sure that on July 1st, I'm on the road. Yeah. I think it's important to understand that what we're talking about really is negotiations 101. These are all the elements that you look for and the way they present themselves and the sellers and the buyers that are involved, the variables that are involved there. That's not are, 101. No, and that's yeah. what really makes a difference. Yeah. And That's you when you need experience, like walking you through that, those exactly. processes. I mean, that can be the difference of 10, 20 grand, having someone yeah. that can navigate that process with, with the seller. So the highest and best is probably the most common approach now. And we learned, you know, that became really prevalent when the, when the, uh, recession hit in 08, 09, a lot of banks started taking over properties and they would list them and and every single one of them, if they got multiple offers, it was very mechanical and their system would actually kick out a notification that said, you are one of X buyers, please provide your highest and best offer by tomorrow at 10 a.m. And that, that, that's actually a strategy that I generally will advise my clients to use. You know, of course we have to be careful with how we approach it, but I think it's I think it's the fairest way to give all the buyers a chance to bring their best offer forward. Um, we don't always do that with. In fact, it's kind of funny because we had we had an offer we had seven offers on the last house that I listed. It was a lower price point, entry level price point, and the seventh offer came in, wrote the offer, and he knew because I had permission to tell them all. He knew there were six other offers on the table, and he wrote the offer. And it wasn't even list price. And, and and I know he was just representing his buyer. He didn't control that. But then he texted me about an hour later and just said, hey, um, we're hoping you guys will do highest and best because we have some more room. And Too late. <laughs> okay. It's not what you, it's not no. what you tell people. It's when you it's tell when them you it makes all the difference. Right. And I just, <laughs> if, you're, if you're number seven, do you not put your highest and best foot forward initially? Yeah. So anyway, that, that, that that's, happens. That's but, a seller record. And, you know, we can recognize that is a, a great point, though. You know, we... We see these offers and we make an assumption, and you never know what that yeah. last buyer w- would do. So, it, but yep. you know, we do have because they're who knows what their thought. They might just yeah. thought, let's get something in the door really quick, and then yeah. they're always going to give us a chance to raise it up. And so, mm-hmm. so you never know. So, uh, there's the highest and best, and basically what you're doing is you're asking all of the buyers to, within a certain time frame, come back with all of their best terms. We say highest and best because of what you guys are talking about. It's not always the purchase price. So bring whatever the very best inspection contingency you can come up with, best earnest money. Just create your best proposal, send it to us. That way, when we're looking at all seven offers, we know that we're comparing everyone's best and we're not comparing this person's best with this person's not best. And so that allows the seller to just make the very best decision. So I personally love that approach for sellers. They don't use it every time, but I, I usually will recommend that. What are your guys' feelings on that? So the only time that I, that highest and best may not be the path would be if you've got one offer that's clearly true or one buyer mm-hmm. that's clearly and you would really like to work as yeah. a seller. We're looking at the bundling and that's there's it's a buyer so or two. You don't want to risk scaring that person. Yeah, and off. so what can what can we do yep. to try to get something worked out? So that's you true. know that and that's really probably the 
the what I'll call them the negotiations 401, 501, or mastery level as we look through all these these for a seller and representing a seller and making sure that we're identifying as best we can who of the buyers we're choosing from are most likely to close when we need them to close under the yeah. terms that we desire. Yeah, and that's a good example. We had a, a different listing that I listed. We had three offers and one of them closed in two weeks cash but gave the seller another month to live in the house mm -hmm. and it's exactly what the seller needed and they did not want to risk that scenario because it was a unique scenario not a yeah. lot of buyers are going to buy it and let the seller stay mm -hmm. there for another month and that's the class that's the mm -hmm. perfect scenario for a seller because you get the money now and then you get to slowly move out of the house yeah. as you need to and they just said there's not really anything that we would want to risk to over to so we don't yeah. if that happens to be a buyer that doesn't want to compete we're not going to mess with that. Just, yeah. just get that thing accepted. And so we had one of those in Stonebrook, and they got it was two months. They got to rent back for two months. Perfect. Now scenario. they were pay, and they were paying a fair market rent. I mean, yeah. it was not cheap renting back, yeah. but it gave them the time they needed to relocate. And that's well, let me ask you guys this because this is yeah. it's important. One of the things you hit on, Sean, is that that agent didn't do them any favors by not bundling that offer that he brought to you very well. Yeah. Right. He didn't present it very well. He didn't bundle it very well. I was talking to an agent in our office the other day. He was telling me there were seven offers on a listing that I had kind of been asking him about. And uh, one of the better offers didn't send a pre-approval letter. Mm -hmm. And it automatically just pulled him right out. And, and he told me what the agent said when he called. And she's like, well, I had it. It was just for more than what we had offered. So I didn't send it. Right. So there's all of these things. So in the situations you're talking about, is there anything that says we, as the the listing agent or that seller, can't, if they've got seven offers on the table, they can't start countering one of those immediately? Oh, they start, totally can. I think you start picking up the phone and calling and talking. Yeah, that's, hey, the, that's, that's the missing. third scenario, because you, you can do highest and best, you can do multiple counter, or you can you can pick the one you like the best and start doing some rapid negotiations, even potentially verbal, which we always advise against, because that can be dangerous, but at least you can feel it out. And you can kind of chase one offer before you even let the others know what's going on, really. And there's no ethical violation there. You have no fiduciary responsibility to those buyers. And so you can kind of feel that one out. And if you like it, you can chase it all the way to a signed agreement before you ever let anybody else know what's going yeah. on. And I've done that multiple times. A lot of yep. times you get a really aggressive offer right out of the gates and the sellers are like, well, do I wait? And the question I always ask them is, well, what would that have to look like to be the ideal offer for you? Yeah. And if they say, well, that's pretty much it, then I'm like, okay, well, then what are we waiting for? Yeah. You know, um, be, yeah. be careful looking a gift horse in the mouth. That's right. And, and <laughs> yeah. I've had one or two say, well, if, you know, we've got three offers at the time, but the one that came in was really good, but it was 10,000 less. Yeah. And they said, well, We've if they'll match that, before. You, you know, yeah, you're like, well, if this had this and that had that, yeah. well, why don't we build that then yeah. for yep. you? Let's, let's call these people. Cause exactly. normally you try to not disclose too much, but we've done it where we've said, you know, we get permission from the seller and we call offer A and just say, you know what, there's another offer that has $10,000 non-refundable earnest money. And the seller specifically said, if you would add that component to yours, you would have the house. So how fast can you get me that in writing? And you can kind of do that. And yep. so yeah. normally you're not going to tell other terms um, of an offer, but if that's the right strategy, and again, that's why that's why. Well, it, and it creates a win-win because yeah. the buyer appreciates. The well, it creates a win-win yeah. lose for that guy that didn't. Well, that. didn't <laughs> okay, okay. Win-win, lose, 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 lose. <laughs> uh, let's call it learn, 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 oh, learn. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're running long on our time, but these are these are fun conversations. So, good insights. Next time we're going to talk about appraisals and inspections.
Okay, so let's do it. That's a wrap.